Hi, my name is Jordan, and you are listening to the Great Light Studios podcast. All the episodes you will hear on this podcast are the audio versions of the video content that you can find on the Great Light Studios YouTube channel. My goal with Great Light Studios is to do my part in critiquing and correcting what I consider to be harmful and false views of God, and to provide resources to help bring healing and freedom to those who have been spiritually and emotionally damaged by faulty religious doctrines, systems, or organizations. If you would like to help support me in continuing to produce this content, then you can find information about how to do that in the show notes of this episode. If you enjoy this content or benefit from it, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this pushed out to more people. With all that said, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So before you listen to this episode, I wanted to give a little disclaimer. What you are about to listen to is part two of a two-part series about Michelle Colon's legal battles with the World Mission Society Church of God. These episodes were created as sort of documentary-style videos that were really intended to be watched on the YouTube channel rather than listened to. Both parts feature a variety of interviews from former members and clips of various people and voices talking throughout as well as audio clips from the court hearings. For those of you listening to the podcast version, it may be somewhat difficult to keep track of who is talking and when, since you won't be able to see. If you think that will be an annoyance for you as you listen through this, then you might want to just head over to the channel and watch the video version, which I'll link to in the show notes of this episode. If you don't think that will bother you, then feel free to stay here and listen. I just wanted to at least give you a heads up to let you know that you will be hearing multiple different voices throughout, in addition to myself and Michelle's. One thing is for sure, as I am sitting here now on, what's today, August 20... 27. 2014. My knowledge and understanding of World Mission Society Church of God is certainly quite different than it was in 2012 when this case was first filed. I understand its philosophies as are um, known to the general public, and I am aware of the individuals, the number of individuals who have spoken out against the teachings of the church and have indicated that in their opinion, the activities of the church and the methodology of the church and the teachings of the church are not a positive factor. The amount of negative treatment as to the church is significant, not by Ms. Cologne. There is nothing in anything that you've produced to distinguish anything that she did as opposed to the myriad of others who have spoken out against the church. to your uh, organization as a result of the alleged defamation? We have, one, lost members. How do you know that? Yeah, for, this re- for the reasons we allege in the complaint. And why is that, that actionable? Miss, that miss Losing members. If people leave a congregation, why is that actionable for if, the organization? If, if they left the congregation because of Ms. Cologne's statements, that is an element of damages. Now, How? Because, miss, because them leaving the church is the Ms. Cologne's statements are the proximate cause of them leaving the church. 
what is being presented to the court by defense counsel is that there is multiple sites on the internet and individuals on the internet making similar, if not same comments as Ms. Cologne. And therefore, how would you, as the plaintiff, say that such and such happened to your client as a result of her actions, as opposed to the myriad of other people who are doing the same thing? How about, how about YouTube? How about Google? There's a site, Wikipedia, there's a site, Church of God, World Mission Society, cult, YouTube. Are you going to see YouTube? Uh, Yahoo! Is the World Mission Society Church of God a cult? Yahoo! So where I am inquiring is how do you separate your alleged damages from Wikipedia, YouTube, Yahoo, and the other items I mentioned from Ms. Cologne? Your, your damages that you are alleging against Ms. Cologne vis-a-vis the church has to do with lost membership, loss of goodwill, and you believe you are going to be able to submit proofs particular to her, as opposed to the myriad of other forces that are out there in discussion regarding this church? Your Honor, there is only one way for them to prove what they need to prove. That is, you have to take the depositions of the people who love the church and ask them why they left and what they read before they decided to leave. Correct. That can't happen. And the reason it can't happen is because they are asserting constitutional protection over their former members. And how many people actually left the New Jersey church after these statements were published? You don't have a number? Most respectfully, I, I do not believe that your proposed theory of proofs is adequate. And I think that it's very sad because she genuinely joined the church to find the truth, like we all do. And she trusted her friends, and then she trusted the church, and she trusted them with everything. And she spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money um, invested in this religion, in this belief, believing that she was going to be saved and that she was going to go to heaven. And then as she was finding out information, she was trying to get answers. She was trying to get answers from her husband and she was trying to get answers from the pastor directly and it wasn't satisfying her. So she wanted to leave and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, she, her questions were not answered by the Wimscog. They say that the church can answer every question. They cannot. They cannot answer the questions that she was asking and they still cannot. But it's awful that they uh, went after her the way that they did. Because when she left, she wanted to put out the correct information. She wanted them to answer her questions. And so she asked in a public way and they didn't like that. And they didn't like her criticism and they didn't like her speaking out against what she saw and what she experienced and what she felt in the church. And so they went after her and they sued her. When it came out that the church was actually the one who initiated the lawsuits and they're the ones who were the aggressor um, against her you know, Michelle and they're bringing her, it's like, well, if somebody, because uh, he said, oh, she's posting a lot of negative things online. And if somebody speaks against your mother, wouldn't you stand up against them? Would you just, you know, accept that and, you know, do nothing? So how much more should you stand up for your spiritual mother? So that's, you know, the way that we stand up for our spiritual mother in this day and age is, you know, we go to court, we sue. If the World Mission Society Church of God is correct, that what we are doing is persecuting them. If 
what I am doing, what former members are doing, is persecuting the church. Well, Jesus, he gave very clear directions about what Christians, what his followers are to do in response to persecution. Okay, I'm going to read this one more time. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for them. Pray for them. Don't sue them. Don't attack them. Don't insult them. Don't try to, to smother them and, and destroy their lives as the WMSCOG has done with, with individuals like Michelle Cologne. I would assume for many people, even members, um, who are hearing you right now, it's probably gonna come as like a surprise to hear that the WMSCOG has done this and, and, and has sued not just you, but other people. Uh, some of them will probably not believe it, I would assume. They'll probably, I would, I would say. The documents but, but out there, yeah. <laughs> they can read them for themselves. And I might add, they did sue me for like $12 million in Virginia or us, you know, let's say six each or five each. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have but the documentation is out there. There's there. you can Absolutely. yeah. We'll, we'll obviously have. I mean, we'll be pulling up photos and stuff like that during the conversation. Have links to stuff. But I was hearing in again on on the podcast about how you used to focus more on you know trying to disprove their doctrines from the Bible mm -hmm. and things like that. That was kind of a focus on your website, and and now you've gone more in a different direction and just. I, I feel like that's kind of what, what this, just this court case really goes a long way toward that. Cause now you're more, I, I think if I remember right, you're more focused on just showing the, the behaviors of this group or, or th things about how they operate that make it really clear. Like, Hey, this, this group obviously is not of God. God obviously would not have his, you know, the one true church operating this way. So yeah. Um, how, I guess, do you think that like these cases, these court cases, the lawsuits against you, how does that all kind of fit together so, for you? Yeah. So I wouldn't say that I don't ever focus on the doctrine anymore because we will release an article here and there about the doctrine and how it doesn't make sense and other errors that they've made in translation. So we haven't <laughs> thrown them out completely. They We still yeah. publish them, but my focus is on the level of deception and the behavior that they are willing to engage in in a public forum like a court for example um they even sued protesters out in california not only did he testify there was no mother god he wrote a whole book about it but i'm sure you've read or seen father's sacrifice and you know that father was poor right he saved up all his money to write books why would he write a whole book when he has no money just to say oh no i take it back why would he do that he said Jerusalem won't come to a thousand years after, after the, the world, world is destroyed by fire. He said after. So even if Jerusalem is our mother, she's not to appear until a thousand years after the earth is destroyed by fire. These are Christ Unsung Hong's own words. So if you believe like that's that something that Americans have the right to do as a peaceful protest and they went after them also. So just the fact that they go out of their way to silence people. I mean, I, I think that that needs to be to be addressed because, again, you don't have random churches going after people who disagree with them. I think that this is common for cults, call it what it is, 
Um, I think it's common for cults to use this type of tactic to intimidate people to make them be quiet. I think the only reason that they are coming after her so aggressively is because they want her to be quiet. They want to scare others from speaking out. I'm, I'm never, I'm never surprised anymore ever since that. You know, I, I expected, you know, even myself speaking out. Hello everyone, my name is Jordan. Um, I am a former member of the World Mission Society Church of God. And others, you know, I, I, will, I would even actually warn some who want to speak out against the church and raise awareness that they will start making some crazy rumors about you. My name is Dory. I'm a former member of the World Mission Society Church of God from 2010 to 2019. Hi everyone, my name is Kelsey. I'm a former member of the World Mission Society Church of God and I'm making this video to share my experience within the church. Um, I was in the church for a little over 10 years. I was baptized in October 2007 and I left in November 2017. Um, people are intimidated by lawsuits. People are intimidated by um, smear campaigns. However, Michelle was not intimidated and she has not been. And there are many of us that will not be intimidated. It, it was a very, very hard time in my life because at that point I couldn't really speak out because anything I tried to say, they would bring it up in court and make a big deal out of it. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. So at one point I'm just like, I can't, I'm gonna have to just not do anything, not publish anything because it's just gonna slow the case down even more. It's just gonna give them something else to distract the judge about that has nothing to do with why we're even here. And um, it was really hard for me because speaking out and helping other people was a very, very important part of my recovery process from leaving the cult. They took that away from me for a few years. And so when their case against me was dismissed finally by the court, I decided to sue them for malicious abusive process. Like you, you can't just sue someone to harass them into staying quiet. That's yeah. not a lawful thing to do. It's called a slap suit. So it's a strategic lawsuit against public participation. And some states have laws against those types of lawsuits. You know, my lawsuit again, well, one of my lawsuits against them is about that because I quickly realized that if I don't fight back and get justice for what they've done to me and for what they've done to Tyler and other people, they're not gonna stop. They're not gonna stop coming after me. And if they don't come after me, they'll come after somebody else who perhaps isn't, you know, equipped to fight them for over a decade in court, like how it's been for me right now. <laughs> it's just been really, really, it's been a really long time. It's nonstop since 2011. And so um, it's hard. It, it, it's really hard. You know, I strongly believe that if I don't see this through, that other people won't be able to speak out like you and like Lindsay and Tony from playing in traffic or you know, anyone else who wants to tell their story even on their podcast or on your YouTube channel or who submits an article for us at the examining site, whatever it might be, you know, they need to understand that that is not okay and that they are not gonna just, you know, wear me down or try to go wear someone else down um, and get their way. It's not fair. And, you know, justice will come eventually. So whenever you see something happening in the church and you know it's not right and you know it's not legal, Please do something about it. Pray about it. It's not right. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ never turned away people, even if they were evil, even if they were wicked. He just left them and said, go away from me. He didn't cause trouble for them. He didn't sue them. There are plenty of websites out there that disagree with many denominations. 
they're not being sued. This is what a lot of cults do. This is what Scientology does. This is um, what Nexium has been known to do. This is what a lot of former cults and religious groups do. They go after former members who want to speak out. And I think that's very unfortunate and it just makes me want to speak out louder. Scientology is another group that is very like lawsuit happy, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're a cult. So again, it's it's the behavior. It's the, the they do not tolerate any disagreement or dissent from what they teach. And anybody who says otherwise is a problem and needs to be dealt with. I mean, this is almost a fabrication to justify a harassment lawsuit. Right. And this is a slap suit. This is a suit designed to silence a critic. Which is not something that a normal church would do. You know, this is catching the church in its own lie. So again, the, you know, the true church wouldn't need to, you know, cover up their own lies. They're dishonest they organization. Jehovah's Witnesses do the same thing. Yeah. And then they, yeah. of course, they try to blame it on the members. Oh, you awful people. Yep. That's what cults do. We were always told in the church that we that the church was being sued by former members. We were always told, oh my God, we're the victim. How could they sue us? They should just leave us alone. That was what we were you know, told. That's what we genuinely thought. So then to come out and then to hear that the church had sued her, that was very interesting and that was shocking. Personally, I didn't know that we were, that the church was suing Michelle. And so when I came out and found that out, I was very shocked. But I want to tell you that God is a God of love. God never lies. The very first thing that God hates is a lying tongue. And one lie is one lie too many. There is no such thing as a righteous lie. There, the churches, God is, God is above the law, but his workers are not above the law. We should obey the laws of earth as we obey the laws of heaven. As it is on earth, it is in heaven. Just the fact that they're willing to lie in their papers to the court about things that are easily proven to be true. Then they also had mentioned that the um, criticisms that she had regarding the church, the church um, keeping members till very late, sleep deprivation, and the other things that she would mention, she never experienced herself. So they say, oh, well, Michelle Cologne, she says that, you know, members stay late. And yeah, members do stay late, but that's because they love the church so much. And, you know, if, uh, you know, she's saying these things, but she never stayed late. Uh, she never, uh, you know, she was always a problem. She was always suspicious. She would sneak around and try to look into the kitchen to see if they're making low protein foods. And, you know, they, they said all these uh, bad things about Michelle and the way that she acted in the church and the way that she was in her marriage. All kinds of things that I wanted to become famous. And that was why I created the examining site. When I started writing on the site, when I'm, my name wasn't anywhere. You know, I included enough details so that people who are around perhaps could identify with the story, but I didn't include anyone's names, you know. Um, enough details so that you would know it was a, an authentic story, that it was from somebody who really was in the church. I was in the church at the time when the examining site first came out, and I did not know about Michelle directly when I was inside of the church. No one knew who was really behind the site until the WMS sued me and you know put my name in the public record. They say that she's um, seeking fame, she's seeking fortune, she's seeking money to become a cult expert, 
in order to um, you know bring in personal gain and when you say oh this person's just doing it for the money then you automatically discredit them which I had never considered uh, I'll have to say I did help other cult experts in interventions right to help WMSCOG members leave and help their families but I at no point in my life considered becoming a quote-unquote cult expert that was never a desire of mine but they accused me of like that being my motive was because I wanted to establish myself as a cult expert and that's why I wanted to speak out about the church you know they just they twisted everything around and it was so hard <laughs> to sit there and listen to that and not be able to really say anything you know the effects of cults on you like psychologically really does a lot of damage and it's not until you, you know, once you leave that environment and once you start looking into, you know, cult tactics um, from, from experts who have spent, you know, decades studying this subject that you really realize that, oh, this did have an effect on me. This was actually pretty dangerous psychologically. I was uh, 12 years in that church, um, which um, has a lot of characteristics um, that uh, res rese uh, resembles a cult. Um, so can I interrupt sure. you, Ron, and just say that you're describing a very systematic pattern right. of destructive cults, right. unlike legitimate religious groups uh, that are transparent and accountable and responsible and actually tell people up front who they are and what they believe and what to expect upon membership destructive organizations deliberately withhold information distort information they break you down they disorient you through controlling people's behavior information thoughts and emotions i refer to it as the bite model they deliberately break people down disorient them spoon feed them incrementally what the teachings are shape their behavior control sleep control diet start to isolate people from family and friends who may be questioning, install phobias in people's minds to make them afraid that if they question the group or even have a negative thought, terrible things are gonna happen to them. The World Mission Society Church of God, you know, hits every checkpoint yep. of a high demand group. Relationships, potential children you could have had, whatever the case may be, what else are you willing to give up for an organization that at the end of the day does not care about you? Mm -hmm. that likely treats you like garbage because that's how they see you as you know replaceable and if you don't agree with them then you're just possessed by the devil and you're not worthy of their attention uh if you don't fall in line you're not worthy of their attention and they will you know humiliate you publicly and, and don't think for a second that you deserve that because the, you know they'll have you believe in that too it is psychological abuse in my opinion the gaslighting mm -hmm. You know, the manipulation, the deception, it, it all adds up to something that cannot be what the God in the Bible is, you know, at least in the New Testament is supposed to be about love and doing yeah. for your neighbor, you know, and all that kind of stuff. That's not, that's not what they're about. And for an organization that claims to be the ultimate in Bible interpretation, they've missed quite a few important details. That they choose to ignore so you can either choose to ignore them yourself also and continue with the farce that they've created or you can set yourself free and live your life again whatever that means to you you know at least then you have the choice but while you're in the WMS you don't have the choice they decide everything for you 
And so I don't think that people should have to live like that because that's akin to sort of slavery. And a lot of them lived in basically abject poverty because they've given everything up for the church while Zangil Ja lives like a queen who's worshipped and, you know, weighed on hand and foot in South Korea. And why is she worthy of your of your veneration? Why is she worthy of your worship? What has she done for you? Nothing. She's only taken things away. And so I urge people to really consider what they've given up, what else they're willing to give up, and you know, what what they're gonna do when they've been in 10, 20 years and reevaluate this later. How are you gonna feel? when you perhaps had the chance to think about these things before and you passed up on it. Like you have nothing to lose if everything they told you is true and they're the true church and that's the conclusion you come to. But if you don't take the time to do your own research and really consider, you know, the other side of this, you have a lot more to lose. And, and you know, once you've lost it, it's very difficult, difficult and not impossible to get back. You know, they, they made an argument in the New Jersey case that they were not a public figure. I mean, for you to suggest now, with what has gone on and what the court is aware of, that World Mission Society, Church of God, is a private figure, are you still going to be arguing that? No, Your Honor. Okay, you're going to be arguing it's a public figure, right? It's, it's I, a public I, I, figure. I don't know that it lends itself, and I'm not going to commit to one or the other, because I think there is case law that shows that for a religious institution or an organization, it's not necessarily public because we're not talking about... Is the Catholic Church a public figure? The, the Catholic... Of course they are. I'm, I'm talking about a legal definition. So what, if we're talking about the papacy, yes, it is a, it, it, it's a it, public it, figure. It is a public figure, but it's also a legally recognized state within a state. I, I don't know that it lends itself to being a public figure in the same way the papal state does. I don't know that that's, those lend themselves well. But just well. seeing what the world mission does in terms of its involvement, God, it I understand, but now consider... And the, the judge had a hard time understanding what that argument was even about because she says, you know, what I understand about world mission is that they have, they say they have so many million members around the world and they have so many locations and, you know, they thrust themselves into the public eye with their community, you know, cleanups and this and that and involved with the, like... You can't say that you're a private, fit, like not a public figure when you're putting yourself out there like that. I want to be clear that throughout uh, Mr. Grossold's papers and even today in court, he says they sought out and received awards. That's not true. They don't seek out awards. They get awarded for for community service and other good deeds that they've done. Same way any organization. I remember thinking to myself like, I can't tell if the lawyers know the truth and they're lying or if it's that like the cult is only is telling them these things and they're just repeating what the cult is telling them. I couldn't tell. They talk almost as if I didn't know any better, I would think that they were members. But the conviction in which they like speak on behalf of the church as if what they're saying is really true. <laughs> it's just, mm -hmm. it was just so disingenuous, everything that they said in court. You started the case. I was sitting here. Your claims were that you have lost donated revenue as a result of what Ms. Cologne did. And there is nothing even remotely suggesting it. Your Honor, we can't prove malice without depositions. It just, it can't be done. And, and no plaintiff in our situation can be expected to do it. I, I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying today because I realize we have seven, eight applications having to do with depositions and subpoenas. And one had to do with 
discovery and getting the financial documents to show the financial damage to the entity. And when the court saw that there's no financial damage by whatever methodology you put together to show, I'm trying to figure out what we're doing. I mean, again, I don't think that the fact that the increased revenue doesn't prove that there was no damage. I mean, yeah, but you got to prove something. What are you proving? I have nothing. Finally, their case was against me in New Jersey was dismissed on summary judgment because they refused to cooperate with discovery, which means they refused to produce the documents that they were ordered to produce by the court. This case from the beginning was brought because of specific actions that Ms. Cologne did that the church was going to show brought it damage. I have, in terms of exhibits and certifications, everything that's been provided to date in terms of discovery. And I do believe the court's been overly patient with allowing time and extensions and the ability for World Mission to do what it needed to do to prove its case. Because that's your right. But now to be given this, I mean, I stopped the last application because I wanted to see what these documents were. This is what I, and I believe the defendant has been waiting for. And then when I actually received this and I looked at it, I, I was shocked because it shows absolutely no damage and certainly no damage as it relates to Ms. Cologne. And with all due respect, we disagree. I believe that an expert can extrapolate from those numbers the trajectory that the gross revenues were on and where they're at now. And that differential would in fact be prospective from the time that the statements were made and show damages in the form of a decreased revenue. If it, if it could have been five times what it is now, and maybe it's not because- I mean, in response to what you're saying and the world of hypotheticals, maybe 50 members of the church left the church because they moved. Maybe 50 members of the church stopped giving money because they lost their jobs. Maybe 50 members of the church on their own without having looked at anything that Ms. Cologne read, decided to leave the church. You're talking in a world of hypotheticals. You're That's not, not in a world one of One person leaving the church is too much, especially when it's due to the creation of, of, of an entire- You have to prove that. I have nothing. I don't even have a name. I don't even have a name. So they were not going to be able to prove that they lost one member's donated revenue because of a statement that I made. That was never going to happen because it didn't actually happen. The claim of this case is that Ms. Cologne is responsible for economic damage to this multi-million dollar organization that is countrywide based in South Korea. The court wanted them to produce documents that proved that they lost money as a direct result of a statement that I said. Um, and they couldn't do that. As a matter of fact, the financial statements that they did produce proved that they in fact made more money during the time that they claimed that they lost money. And after seeing what has been produced in response to the request for production and the interrogatories, which the court was expecting to be exhaustive, is nothing. It is a profit and loss statement prepared by I don't know who, based on I don't know what, showing that the organization has made money. What have we been doing for two years? They made more money. And I'm talking about millions more, not a little bit more, millions more, during the time that they said I was damaging them. 
the fact that they dragged on these lawsuits for as long as possible with all these crazy arguments about me wanting to be a cult expert or whatever and just lying to the court for so long. I mean, one of the biggest things that stood out to me as I was listening to another hearing the other day was that they claimed that they still lost money even though they made money. And the judge is like, what do you even mean? Like, how do you prove that you lost money when you made money? Like you doubled your revenue, let's say. It was like 1 point something million and then it was like almost double that. They're like, well, we're gonna produce experts that are going to determine that we could have made more money. And because of her, we didn't make even more money. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it just becomes so obvious how that's all they cared about was the money. No, yeah. Well, that that's what's interesting to me is again, it's like, why, why are they saying that out out loud in in a public forum? That that like the the ultimate goal of this is because they're they're so concerned about the loss of money as well, as if that's what that's what God is that what they think. God is so concerned with is that so. they lost out on some tithes. Yeah, no, their God is apparently because they literally said yeah. in court, well, well, we could have made more money. Uh -huh. So an, an increase, they said an increase in revenue doesn't necessarily mean that there was no loss in potential revenue. The information that was provided showing the revenue they received has nothing which is required to show, in fact, that's the money that they received. It's deficient on so many levels, I don't know where to begin. There's no month-by-month -month breakdown to connect it to the timing when the statements were posted. There's no uh, there's no information from any particular donor uh, showing that a particular donor... Yeah, I mean, I think statement. with the time, effort, and energy that was put in this case, that there would be some sort of, you know, expert reporter or accounting or something to, to concretely show that which was being alleged. And this is... It, it's just a document put together by I don't know who based upon we don't know what and it's showing that money increased so it's this is this is um rather astonishing to the court and that's why I called in today to go through this I mean I don't see the purpose in going through whether or not the world missions legal fees or Cologne's motion to quash the IFF subpoena or any of this else needs to be decided and is not going to be decided because without this there is no basis for going forward. And I say we move to the summary judgment stage. I mean, if this is your, this is the response. I gave, I gave World Mission another week to come up with the documents that they say they produced in the five thousand in the five thousand page production to show. Okay, where is this financial information? Where is the financial? Yeah, it's like how do member? I mean, how members listening to this? Like, how would how do you feel that they your ties are being talked about as revenue? Yeah. They know that there are no members in the courtroom, even though they're public hearings. So that's the other thing that I feel like it's important to share certain parts of it so that members can hear for themselves. Like, not only that, but that's what their tithes were going to was paying yeah. these attorneys to lie. And just to yeah. say that we have a problem with the fact that we could have made more money. Like the fact that we made millions is not enough because we could have made more millions. So that's why we're here. Yeah. Um, that's just see I've, I've never heard it i've never I, I obviously was aware of of the legal battles that you were involved in but just to hear hear that that's what it, it sounds like in in many ways it boils down to for them is that hey we missed out on some ties so we're going after this woman for all she's worth we're gonna do whatever we can even if it destroys her life because she caused us to miss out on some ties the, the, it could be one dollar of damages 
It absolutely could be. And that doesn't mean that there haven't been damages. The loss does not have okay, to. But in terms of, of getting even getting there. They say, well, the lost revenue could have been a dollar. And so the judge goes, show me the dollar. A business can suffer nominal reputation damages and non-pecuniary. That's not what your complaint is about. That has never been what your complaint is about. It also wasn't disclosed in response to the interrogatory, where we asked for every category of damages to be disclosed, and, and that wasn't disclosed in, in response to that either. I remember right. clearly what this case began as and what it was about and what the discovery was about. And so, to now so, say that if they only lost $1 because right, of... But that's, that's, that's the law, number one, and what you're suggesting... Where's the dollar? Where's the dollar? Show me the dollar. I have none of that. Show me the dollar you lost in revenue that you can tie specifically to a statement she made that someone didn't donate that one dollar to you because of some statement they read that she made. Like they would have to literally tie that loss in donated revenue to a specific statement I made and they would have to produce a person that is going to say, I stopped donating because I read this statement that she said on this day. And they don't have that person. Mm -hmm. That person does like this. And they don't have that dollar that they can say that they lost. But that was their argument. That even though they made more money, they could have made more money. And the reason they didn't make even more money was my fault. Because of you. Where is the basis for this expert to say that there's been a loss in donated revenue? Because they... Where, where in all the discovery that you've given? An expert should be able to, will be able to, forecast based on an, a trajectory over a period of time where the gross revenues should have been. Okay, and how is this expert, because this, this is really stretching the imagination now, how is this expert going to differentiate any opinion that expert may give that donated revenue is down because of something Ms. Cologne did as opposed to what two or 300 or 400 other critics of the church have done? Fair enough, and that's why. Man, that's just, that is wacky. Um, that's that's that is that is a not okay thing to be coming from the Church of God, uh, yeah. quote unquote. I mean, Mother God, you'd have to believe if Mother God is God, she's sitting there and she's fully aware of what's going on. So obviously, she endorses this. If this is the organization, won't do what Mother isn't directing them to do, or it's somehow part of her will. And so, why would she want? Why would this be what she would want? Uh, to, to go after somebody like you for, uh, you know, lost ties, even if it's just a dollar, it sounds like they're, they're kind of saying like, even if it's a dollar, it's still, it's yeah. a dollar loss that they should have had. So let's, let's get what's ours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you have to then believe that this woman is in Korea worried about that $1 when yeah. they tell the members, God doesn't care about how much money you have. Yeah. He doesn't care about the physical, right? I, I thought, yeah. Not the physical doesn't didn't matter. <laughs> right. But doesn't she though? Like what are these lawsuits about then? Yeah. What yeah, well, what you are can they about? Money. <laughs> yeah. Well, if she doesn't care about money because money isn't important, then why is she suing? Ten years. Ten years of it too. Ten years of fighting this thing. Yep. That and that it's not Yeah. Yep, we still have at least until February of 2023 as of right now. <laughs>
<laughs> it's been pushed yeah. back so much. I mean, part of it has been COVID as well and the lockdowns. I mean, the court did mm-hmm. an excellent job still trying to move things you know, along virtually, but I mean, they're going to try, I think, to delay it as much as possible. I mean, I, I, I envision in my mind what this would look like going to trial, you know, because trials are public, right? The media, some media is going to be interested in this story. Um, and then what do they do? You know, mm-hmm. everything that they sued over and all of the proof that we have that what they, you know, and at this point now, more and more people are leaving. Now we have more witnesses that are going to testify that, yeah, what she said really happens there. My lawyer actually <laughs> used the phrase the other day in a communication to the court that said, we have a parade of witnesses that will testify that everything she said was true and that they experienced the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that was like my favorite, a parade of witnesses. Literally, that's what it is. Yeah, so, yeah, it um, definitely is. No yeah. doubt about that. You know, I would say, what's what's the verse that they use in Acts? Leave, leave them alone because if this is from oh. God, it will succeed. And if not, right. uh, I can't remember how it goes. but Yeah, something like that. <laughs> if you're fighting, yeah. you're going to lose or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, what, what, a, what a great opportunity for them to kind of put their money where their mouth is. But obviously they're not, you know. Um, I mean, they haven't really won ever yet. Yeah, they haven't. So, you know, but what they tell their members is perhaps a different story. But, like, I would encourage the members listening now, if you really want to know what happened in court and what they sued over and what the court had to say about it, the documents are out there for you to verify for yourself what really happened and then compare that to what you were told. And I hope that members don't accept the whole they lied to me to save me nonsense excuse, you know, because that's wrong. I don't care how you look at it. How do you lie to someone in order to save them? Yeah, That's wrong on so many levels. And I'm just hoping that if there's a current member listening to this, like if you go out and you verify that what they told you was not true, that you don't make excuses for them mm-hmm. because as I said in one of my recent articles, like how much more time and energy and money are you going to give to this organization that has everything to gain and you have everything to lose? I feel like over the years, we've assembled a mountain of evidence against the validity of this group, (laughs) besides the lawsuits, obviously, because they speak for themselves. The fact that An Sang Hwang had kids they lied about it and he had a whole book about there not being a mother god (laughs) i don't see how you get past that i really don't all of the excuses that they give are nonsense the whole special measures law or like that only applied to this one lady but not zangil ja i i I think that that's a really weak argument because he produced two editions of the book and if his goal was for it to be like a one-time thing he could have just made like an announcement during the or next written in the letter. Yeah. Or something like, yeah, that, yeah. Right. So, you know, they, I don't think he had that many locations where he even had to write a letter or maybe put it in the church bulletin. I don't know. Make an announcement in the beginning. There are actually sermons of him saying that there is no mother God. He did do that, but he mm-hmm. still felt that he had to write two editions of this book 
print it, distribute it among his believers, because that's how strongly he felt about how wrong and crazy that lady was. He literally calls yeah. her delusional, right? So what makes Zangilja less delusional than the other one? Nothing, yeah. you know? Um, and once you, once you're there, nothing else is true. Like he never said he was Jesus. They said he was Elijah. It's on his tombstone. His son is like the head of his church. This whole other thing is something that looks like Juchil Kim and Zangil Ja came up with together. There's a really weird photo of them. Maybe you can insert it here where they're both wearing white outfits and they're the only ones wearing white outfits and the rest of the congregation are dressed in regular colors, right? right. And what photo does that remind you of? The photo that they used to prove that Zangil Ja and An Sang had some sort of spiritual wedding where they're dressed in white next to each other. Mm. You could say the same thing about that photo of Juchil Kim and Zangil Ja. They're both dressed in white next to each other and actually yeah. the suit he's wearing looks very similar to the one that An Sang Hong was wearing and also does not look like it fits him if that's what you're using as proof that they were married and I know that a lot of members hold that photo as something you know dear and like emotional emotionally charged for them look at the picture of Zangil John Ju Cho Kim next to each other wearing similar white outfits do you think they're married because if one is proof of that An Sang Hong and yeah. Job, then they're married too and that's weird there's no reason for that and something i discovered not too long ago in a conversation with someone who knew more about this traditional korean wedding clothes are not white outfits i think the woman wears red and the male wears blue so their argument about them being dressed in white and that somehow has to do with a wedding in Korean culture, that's not the case. They don't wear white. And you know what the WMS does around the Passover, they encourage members to wear white and light colors. So it would make sense that on the Passover, they'd be dressed like that. But that has nothing to do with the wedding. Yeah. I mean, it, as, as strongly as they emphasize that, um, and as much as they extrapolate just from that one photo, like, man, you if you're a member, you got to be careful, like, who you take a picture with while you're wearing white, white clothes, <laughs> you know, like, be careful who you get your picture with, because, uh, yeah, yeah, who knows, who knows what sort of uh, uh, spiritual symbolism you're, you're putting off there. Um, <laughs> right. I would love to hear what members, current members would think about that. Like yeah, how, how, how do they justify that? Like, I don't want to hear like, well, it's, it's spiritual because your whole argument is that they're physically wearing white. So don't tell me that the fact that they're not wearing yeah, a exactly, right. Korean colors is some spiritual thing. Like that's not going to, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to make sense. So I just want to put that out there right now. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the yeah. answer, it's not the answer. Um, yeah, because they tend to do that a lot. So in this case, mm -hmm. that would not even apply, even on its face, yeah. doesn't make sense. Over the years, many things have changed. Like when all of this started, there wasn't that much cult awareness out there even. Like, you know, like Netflix has so many documentaries now about other cults and, you know, when Scientology, when they did the, cult, the documentary about them on HBO, HBO hired over a hundred lawyers to be able to do that one special. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they almost had like a lawyer per minute of the documentary. And so I think after that, it opens up the discussion again, because before that, the media was very afraid to even touch a religion, cult or no cult. And so now it's the landscape has changed a lot. And I think that a case like this going to trial, you know, jurors, 
are going to be a lot more educated on what cults are, how they operate, mm -hmm. you know, different types and stuff. And I, I don't think that this is something that the WMS will get away with. For the WMSCOG to sue somebody, to to attack its to attack its enemies in response to them persecuting, you know, in their eyes, you're persecuting them. Well, there's a very clear directive given by Jesus about how you respond. It's not it's not vague. It's not unclear. It's it's pretty specific. Yeah. You don't you don't attack back. You 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 bless those who curse you. You know, it's just it's repeated over and over in both Old and New Testament. So they're willingly entering into like this public proclamation, pretty much that hey, we are full of crap. You know, we are totally full of crap, and and we're claiming to be. The, the true church of God and, and look at us, look at what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, is mother God sitting in South Korea, like approving? Yeah. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that through the ones that persecute you for $12 million, even though you have not suffered <laughs> right. a penny of damages and you've made more millions right. of dollars ever since they right. started persecuting you. No, that's definitely what you should do is go after them and try to extract more millions of dollars. Like it's <laughs> to me, it just shows how, first of all, suing me for $12 million or even $1 million is stupid. Cause I don't have a million dollars. Like, mm -hmm. Where is that supposed yeah. to come from? Yeah. So that that to me just reflects very poorly on them that oh, they yeah. that they would throw out such a ridiculous figure like that. Yeah, and like that they're just to, trying to completely destroy you. Right, they're just trying to scare me, and you yeah. know, I feel like they should have known a little bit better because they I I don't, I don't think <laughs> I feel like if they didn't know, perhaps my ex husband should have known and maybe said like that's not gonna her probably it's not work yeah yeah and you know um <laughs> yeah that wasn't something that i was going to just take like that there's no way mm -hmm. like i believe in my my civil liberties and my right to free speech and i was gonna fight like hell for it i'm sorry there's just no way that i was just gonna be like yeah i'll take the website down no problem mm -hmm. no <laughs> i was not there was no way i do feel like you were you've kind of taken the kind of in the lead and and shielding a lot of us behind you from a lot of of, of crap that we all should be um yeah. and could be taking and so yeah i genuinely am thankful uh for you being bold enough and, and brave enough to do that and to say nope i'm not going to take it like it would be certainly would be easier certainly would be simpler um but this isn't this isn't going to go that way and yeah i'm not going to say that i haven't considered it many times over the past decade plus <laughs> you know things have gotten really tough like at one point they got my previous lawyer disqualified and i had to represent myself for a year and that was really hard like mm -hmm. every minute of my life outside of work was spent doing legal research and writing legal briefs and submitting briefs to the court and even filing appeals which is another beast in itself so i had to like learn a lot more about the rules of civil procedure in the state of new jersey than i ever thought that i would <laughs> i mean i learned a lot from my my former lawyer because i was always interested in the process and i was fascinated by it but yeah during that year many times it was it was really really hard really hard to do um to stand up in court and argue next to attorneys that had gone to school for this you know and up there in front of, I had two judges on the bench together and it was scary, but 
I had to do it. I wasn't going to just let the case go because then I'm, you know, if I drop the case at that moment, I'm like, they're really never going to stop coming after me. Fast forward to now, um, once you get to know Michelle Cologne, uh, the real Michelle Cologne, and you see her her side of the story, it's actually really heartbreaking um, what they've done to her um, in the past and what they continue doing with uh, basically bullying her. Um, they painted this picture that she was a bully, but really um, they're the bully. So they've been bullying her with lawsuits and basically trying to make her life hell. Having now met Michelle, uh, personally, she is the complete opposite. <laughs> She's definitely not trying to devour anyone's souls. But yeah, the perception of, of her has definitely taken a a 180 in terms of <laughs> just how I view her, you know, just none of none of really like what was said about her was true. Just seeing her courage of never giving up and continuing to fight through this. And as long as this thing has taken all these years and to never back down, it's really inspiring. And it's also paved the way for a lot of us to speak out against the Wilmerside Church of God and to not let them hold the power over us. I'm really shocked um, how different Michelle is in, you know, as an actual person opposed to the caricature that they created her to be and the lies that they explained about her. So, um, you know, the church really put a negative spin on her and I'm sure everyone in the church, when they see her, they just are filled with anger. Um, but that's not right. That's not right. People need to get their information from the truth. And that truth is not found inside of the church. The light that they try to paint her in while I was in the church was completely false versus getting to know her as a person. And the same goes for other members that have left the Church of God. When I realized who she was, it was also sort of the time when I was going through the examining site again. So when I came out, I was going to that website daily. In the beginning, it was hard to go to the website because we had been so brainwashed not to. So to look at it, it would have to be late at night by myself in the dark, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through just little by little putting these things. And then finally, I just totally, you know, dove in and I looked up all the information and I read all the articles. I watched the videos and it's just eye-opening and so that was part of my deprogramming was going through the examining website and all of that was provided by michelle all of that information was pulled together and so i am so incredibly thankful to her i admire all the work that she did you know uncovering a lot of the facts behind the church of god that they try and cover up because i know how hard that is to find the hard work it takes to really dedicate yourself to doing that and the time it takes to uncover that. And then even for her to go out of her way to help other people without asking for money in return, that's what really stuck out for me too. The perception has really been a total 180. She's not trying to devour your soul, I promise you. <laughs> She's put out so much more, so much material that has helped so many leave, including myself. Now, I've actually met Michelle. Um, you know, we've done interviews with Michelle, and I think that Michelle is completely misunderstood by a lot of people. But I think that Michelle is 
extremely intelligent, extremely brave. Once you get to know Michelle, you see um, she has a very, very strong spirit. Um, she is determined and brave, um, and she does everything she can to protect other people from um, the same things happening to them, whether they're in the church or not yet in the church. Um, she fights really hard and advocates um, and provides a lot of resources for people because she's a sweetheart. <laughs> um, I admire her and respect her a lot for, for everything she's done and for who she is and how she has not let all of this break her spirit and break her down or turn her bitter. And I am very honored to know her. You know, I believe that she's a pioneer of this and definitely encouraged me to also follow in those same footsteps because it's very important to help people. You know, I believe that there's a lot of good people inside that organization, just like there's so many people stuck in, you know, these cults and they deserve to, you know, have the truth presented to them, the information, the facts. And so, yeah, definitely. I. I salute Michelle Cologne and for her work ethic and, you know, never tiring out and continue to fight the good fight. Really, it's it's inspiring. And, you know, I, I just want to say thank you personally. Michelle, if you're watching this, thank you so very much for not being afraid. Thank you for fighting them in the lawsuits. Thank you for speaking out and giving us information so that we can make our own decisions so that we don't have to um, be in a an information bubble thank you for being brave and defending yourself um, thank you so much for doing all of those things because by defending yourself you were actually defending all of us so and for those members who are like they leave and they're still afraid of me because they were that i was possessed by the yeah. devil or satan or something like that i hope that watching this you don't still believe that because i've heard that also that some members even after they leave and don't believe in the church anymore are still afraid of me and afraid to talk to me which i don't think is like that's not cool you know it's weird and i'm just a person like everybody else that was there um just trying to do the right thing and help other people so hopefully you know i can change your mind but yeah you're you're not you're not the bad guy in this situation you're <laughs> you are very much have been the, the victim. So yeah, I, I hope, I do hope too, that for many people, this interview helps to kind of dispel some of that just ridiculous propaganda uh, that's been, been given to people about you. They had plenty of time uh, to respond and they dragged their feet and they shouldn't be allowed. This is what we've been complaining all along. This is a slap suit and a slap suit is characterized by the plaintiff's attempt to harass the defendant to make it not worth it. Make it so expensive and so time consuming that it's not worth it to have, for the defendant to have any more speech critical of the plaintiff. I mean, if you reopen discovery and allow this to drag on, that's what a slap plaintiff wants to do. They just, they never, we've told you from the beginning, they're not really here to win the case. They're here to shut her up. and. And she's entitled to put an end to this at this point.